What is up, guys? This is the Static Moments podcast, and these are the Static Moments playing in the background as we do this thing called life. Today, I'm here with some family uh, from around the way. MJ, my guy. What's up, my man? Yo, what's up, man? Yeah, absolutely, bro. So how you been, man? Shit, I've been good, man. Um, Basically, what's been going on is uh, I've been injured. I hurt my Achilles a couple months ago, and I've had to, you know, sit out boxing and training. But, you know, ever since last month, I've started, you know, picking up the pace again and training, running, and trying to get my body back in shape. So I can go back to boxing full time, like like my like I used to. Absolutely, bro. And I actually actually uh, drove past you on Georgia Avenue. You were running. You were doing some road work one day. I was in. A, you probably didn't see me. I was in a jeep. I was going real fast, yeah, trying I, to get to work. Yeah, I probably haven't. Yeah, I be in my own zone when I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you what do you do? You listen to music when you do your road work? Yeah, and for sure. I feel like um, you know, especially me. Like if you work out every day, you train every day. Um, music is really underrated. Cause at the end of the day you wake up, it's like five a.m. You gotta go put in road work, but like you, your body's tired, you're tired. You wake up fatigued, man. But you put the earphones in and you lock in, and like, yeah. So when every time I run, I'm really like in my zone. I'm in my own world. Absolutely. So, what do you listen to? What do you like? Man, I feel like I have a very uh, wide selection of music taste. Feel like I can listen to anything, but when I'm running specifically, I like to listen to like more motivational rap, like. You know, I really fuck with this rapper. He's Filipino. His name is MB No. That's okay. what I listen to like probably every day. All right. Um, you know, Fifty Cent. I also okay. fuck with Fifty Cent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Meek Mill. I feel like there's mm. a lot of artists who tell their story about being from the bottom and coming up, mm. and that's the music I try to listen to because I feel like I'm on the same path. Right. It's yeah. relatable. Yeah. Hundred percent like relatable. Yeah. 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 So, and speaking of. Same path and backstory, mm-hmm. you know, just a little backstory on you. Like, where'd you grow up at primarily, yeah. family life, you know, what was, what's that been like for you? So, uh, my name is, I mean, I, I'm, I was about to say my name is, all right, so I'm 19 years old. Um, I was born in Silver Spring, Maryland, mm-hmm. but when my family first moved from the Philippines, because I'm mm-hmm. from the Philippines, right? but I was the only one not born in the Philippines, but when they did come, they moved to D.C., and I was blessed because when they first came to the country, it was my two sisters, my dad, my mom, and my aunt and uncle staying in a one-room apartment in D.C. And it was, you know, you know that just that's how they started off. But when I was born, you know, my dad was, you know, fortunate enough to find a home for my family in the Silver Spring area. And so every time somebody asked me where I'm from, you know, I just feel like I'm blessed to be able to say where I'm come from because I know, it, you know, shit could have been way worse. But but yeah, um, growing up in Silver Spring, I feel like I always what I always felt like I stuck out in my neighborhood just because I barely saw seen anybody like that looked like me. Um, my house was also notoriously known um, for being a gambling house as well. Um, growing up, my dad used to hustle, and his hustle was poker and having gambling houses. So when I was younger. Um, my mom was working a lot, so my dad used to take me to a whole bunch of poker games. And, you know, my house used to be a gambling house, so every Saturdays and Fridays and Saturdays, I already knew, like, um, every time I would go home, I'd just have to stay in the room just because there's, like, a whole bunch of, like, grown men downstairs. But, you know, just looking back at it, um, I don't regret anything just because I feel like my childhood was unique. 
Like a lot of yeah. kids, yeah. you know, like a lot of kids, like every time it was Friday, like, all right, bet I can go home. I could chill. I could do everything. Yeah. When I went home on Fridays, I knew, all right, I got to help my dad yeah. set up for the gambling nights, Fridays and Saturdays. This shit forced you to grow up fast too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, um, I'm also grateful because I got really close to my cousin. Her name is Abby. Mm. Um, so every Friday I will sleep over her house because, okay. you know, I didn't really want to stay there anymore. So Fridays and Saturdays I stayed at her house, slept over, and I had the time of my life, you know, because I, I was just away from all of that. I felt like, you know, I could have like a normal Saturday, Saturday night, you know, I was like a little 10-year-old, 8-year-old, 9-year-old, you know, so. Man. Yeah. It's crazy looking at you in this seat right here right now, bro. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm looking over. It's like so. So just for the people that are watching, you know, like we we go back. Like um, it, it you know when you when you first came in, it's like I didn't know really that you were that young when I, when when you were around. You know, it was like middle school age. You know, <laughs> yeah. like late middle school. Yeah. And um, he would always be over at the court, and you know we would always be hooping. And, you know, a lot of times he got to play. Sometimes he didn't get to play. But he was always one of the young ones that, like, you know, it was like, when I think back on it, we would always look at you, bro. You was always scrappy as hell. <laughs> and we would always be sitting over there laughing like, yo, he's, he's like, with it. Like, yeah. he's with the shits, you know. Yeah. And then we'd look back and be like, yo, but he's going to do something, though. He's going to, yeah. he's going to, like make something out of itself you know mm -hmm. what i mean where a lot of people get stuck into this trap of like shit you know yeah um but how hard was that for you like especially knowing like your your background and then everything just for you like was it hard to not get sucked into all that um so i feel like because i was such a strong mother and strong sisters um they lectured me at a young age and i remember specifically i was about probably three or four years old, I had a toy slot machine and I used to play on that shit for fun, like as like a baby. My sister Christine comes up to me, she grabs me by the shoulder and she says, I want you to promise me one thing. I was like, what's that? She said, don't ever turn into a gambler like your mm -hmm. father. And ever since that day, you know, even though I was a baby, you know, I still remember it now. So I won't ever follow into that footsteps because I know if my mom and my two sisters saw that, they would just, you know, they would be heartbroken. You right, know, for right, sure. yeah, yeah, and I'm. Are y'all close to this day still? Yeah. Um. Okay. So my my mom and my dad, uh, they're divorced. Um, mm -hmm. you know that was um I guess a hard thing when I was younger. But uh, so ever since then, um, I've been living with my mom and my sisters, and you know I feel like they really helped pay a big role in you know who I am now. You know I'm 19 years old. I know I'm not like fully grown yet, but I feel like you know. Without my mom and my two sisters being, like, so strong for me, you know, I feel like I would be lost right now, you know, especially. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. And, I yeah. mean, I'm sure that they're really proud, too, to see you, like, you know, just out here, you know, being dedicated to yourself, yeah. you know, putting in time into something that's, like, going to benefit you, you know, not yeah. trying to always, you know, it's cool. You, you never want to knock somebody's hustle or what they do just because, like, however it is that you grow up and mm -hmm. you find a way to make it, it's cool. But, like, when somebody's doing something positive, you know, you got to get on yeah. board with that and love that, you know? Um, it was it was hard at first. Um, I remember specifically uh, senior year, I had a half-day schedule. Um, and my gym was in Fort Meade around Baltimore. Um, so every day I used to um, – my, my, my routine was, you know, I'd run before school, go to school. Right after school, i go straight to training. And being 17 – or not 17 yet, um, you know, just being at – 
I forgot what age I was when I was a senior, but when I was a senior, my sisters really wanted me to get a job. And they were trying to make me, you know, trying to tell me like, you know, I'm I'm old now, you know, I gotta I gotta get a job, I gotta do I gotta do this and I gotta do that. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain to them, you know, I don't have time for a job, you know, because after school I have to go straight to training. And after training, I get home at like eight nine o'clock sometimes. And you're not o'clock. gonna have no energy to work, no yeah, job it, after that. You yeah, know? hell no. And it's like I ha- I don't have the time of the day. Right. To. And and they they always was like you know. You, you got to know your priorities and shit. And that's when I really, like, you know, my whole thing was, you know, you don't see it now, but just wait till I'll show you. Right. So I kept on working. I kept on putting my time in. And now I feel like I'm finally getting the respect that, you know, I was working for. Especially Absolutely. with my family. Because, you know, being Filipino, uh, our culture is very, um, is like respect your elders. And you got to do the best, you know, for the image and all that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I was trying to tell them, you know, I'm not I'm not going to college, I'm doing what I love, which is boxing. And, you know, that shit was you know, that shit was hard at first. But like now it's like, you know, they accepted it. Like and that that definitely took some work, but you know, I'm happy I showed people that like I'm really I'm really focused and I'm really about my shit. And Absolutely. Like, yeah, because boxing is my life, man. It's like it's like my life revolves around it. Like I wake up, I think about it, go to sleep, I think about it. I'll be fucking dreaming about that shit. You feel me? So yeah, it's a, that's a beautiful thing when you yeah. find that thing in life. You know, um, I always felt like you know, I, growing up, man, like my dad wasn't really in the picture. My mom was. Mm. My mom was always trying to do the next thing. You know, find the next place for us to live. Trying to trying to do that and and, and raise me. And I was a badass little kid. You yeah. know, um, but I always just I didn't get a lot of. Uh, exposure to somebody living in a life that they were like passionate about you know mm-hmm. and until I started like figuring out what I was passionate about yeah. you know but it's great it's a beautiful thing when you can find that thing that makes you go you know mm-hmm. but um but how did it start like what was your introduction to boxing uh, and all of this you know um this is a funny story so um when I was a baby I was probably about seven or eight years old the first time I put boxing gloves on was at one of my family parties mm. And my dad, you know, love he loves boxing. So mm-hmm. he grabbed me. He was like, all right, you have to fight. I'm like, what? I'm just, so he put the gloves on me, and I started boxing my cousins. And I fell in love with that. How you old know? do you think you were? I was like probably like, like seven. a couple years old? Yeah, I yeah. Was like okay. seven. Okay, yep. Seven, eight years old. And I fell in love with fighting. And um, after that, I used to go to my aunt's house every Sunday, and I would box my cousins. Um, you know, I really fell in love with it. And then instead of going to boxing at that age, I actually went to Taekwondo and cause my cousin was already doing it. And, you know, it was, you know, it was just easier for me. Mm-hmm. I became a black belt by the age of 10, but during Taekwondo for like two months, um, the Taekwondo instructor, uh, he made the whole team cause I was in the team. I was in the demo team. So mm-hmm. like we all, we competed and we performed in front of places, mm-hmm. but for two months he made us do boxing and that was the funnest time I can actually remember in talk like throughout my whole Taekwondo experience, like that was like my funnest time. So I stopped um, doing Taekwondo at like 12 years old, and I tried playing basketball. You know, as as you stated earlier, definitely tried playing basketball, football. But I realized like you know, just because I was so aggressive, but I was like a little smaller. And, you know, it, it, I knew it wouldn't really you know take me where I wanted right, to go. Yeah. Yeah. But so at age of 15, I was like, I'm, I'm going to fight again. And so the first day I walked into the boxing gym and they were trying to teach me how to fight. It was like, in my head, I was like, 
damn, like all these people starting right next to me, we're all starting at the same time. I'm already on levels above them. And I knew from that day that I ain't choose boxing. Boxing chose me. Yeah, it just was one of them things. It's, yeah. it's in people. Yeah. And you know, it's funny too, because like I said, we literally used to sit around and like, we'd all be hooping, man. And and if you was around this this park at that time, like man, there was times we wouldn't. My squad wouldn't come off the the, the like the court for like three hours. But yeah, every time sure. I would look over, like man, you was over there slap boxing somebody. You <laughs> was over there in a headlock or yeah. getting somebody in a headlock. Um, you know, and also like you know being that young and running with the adults, you know, sometimes I wouldn't even be able to play. But some, but a lot of times I would play. And I feel like I was the smallest motherfucker on the court, eleven but years old. But it was old. that aggression. Yeah, we it, would pick you up straight off that. Yeah, I swear. Yeah, and and I just feel like I don't want to be cocky, but I feel like I I just got that dog in me. Yeah, no. I feel like ever since I was younger, I always had that fire and like that that dog in me. You know, I feel like it's because of my childhood, the shit mm-hmm. that I the shit that I've seen, the shit that I've been through. I feel like every time I play sports or I fight or I do anything like that. It's like I'm into another place where my yeah. mind is actually calm and I can put all my fire into that. Yeah, that's, that's very reminiscent yeah. of like a it's a very Tyson kind of thing, you know, mm. where it's like some people it's inexplainable. Like they just they, you know, Customato saw something in yeah. him at a young age that nobody could really explain. You know, yeah. it was this little kid getting in all this trouble in Brownsville and he just grabbed him up like, yo, you yeah. need to come fuck with me, you know. <laughs> But it, it is. It's 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 crazy to see that, man. Yeah. It really is. Um, with my coach right now, that's actually funny that you brought up custom model and how we seen Mike Tyson. Um, my coach right now, uh, when I was about like sixteen years old, I was in the gym and he was about to turn his son professional. And but he, he didn't have a professional fight yet, but he was going through the stages. Mm-hmm. And so so he they asked me if I wanted to work. I was just some little kid. He you know, he older than me, everything, bigger than me. But you know, in my head I was like, Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. I told my coach, bro, let's go. And then so we boxed. The first like I guess professional I ever like, you know, sparred before. Um, first round, I got knocked down two times. I got right back up and I was like, right, bet, we're gonna do this shit. And then the second time I got knocked down, no, actually not even the second. The first time I got knocked down, I got right back up, and and everybody in the gym was just silent, just like damn, like. And once like we we started boxing again, I I jumped on his ass, bro, and I I, I actually got him on the ropes, bro, and I started you know piecing him up. Mm-hmm. But because I was so inexperienced at that time, you know, it didn't hold up. And by the third round, you know, I'd probably been on the canvas like three times for my <laughs> mouthpiece out, bruh. But, yeah, the, that, the coach had to stop it because I didn't want to stop because, you know, I was like, nah, hell no, nah. Like, nah, we in this, bro. I'm fighting. And that's when the coach I have now, seeing how I handled boxing his son and knowing how what level his son was and seeing mm, my yeah. heart and my, like, my, my overall – like admiration for the sport, like you know, that's when he started really like fucking with me, keeping an eye out on me. And now, you know, I call that man my my uncle, Uncle yeah. Jay. You know, and and yeah, and so I just feel like with with fighting and boxing, you know, or just life in general, like you're gonna go through the trials and the tribulations. You won't get knocked down. You won't get knocked out. But it's how you stand up, and it's right. how you you know carry yourself. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I mean. uh 
What what gym are you out of right now? So actually? right now, um, I train out of a gym in Northeast DC. I'm mm-hmm. on Olivet Road on West Virginia Avenue. It's called Tony's Boxing Gym. Oh, I'm, I'm familiar with yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. right on Mount okay. Olivet Road. Yeah, All right, right there. Bet, bet. Yeah. And how's that going? Man, it's great. Um, I haven't been um in full time training. Right, like, you had an injury. Yes, yes. I developed um chronic tendonitis on my right Achilles. And it just never went away. Um, I actually had a quarter. I had to get a quarter zone shot. I was in a boot for a month. So, you know, I had to go through things. But, you know, with all that time off, I feel like, you know, right now I'm getting stronger. And my Achilles is definitely, like, feeling a lot better. And lately I've been, um, I've started doing strength conditioning training more. And um, my cousin, he used to, my cousin I started Taekwondo with, mm-hmm. he was, he used to be a junior Olympian. He, he did football. So he's really in tune with a lot of workouts, fitness, like, in fitness general, and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So he's been really training me. And I feel like, um, that shit is just getting me to that level. I once was back then before I had my injury. So my goal to go back to training is probably like two weeks. I'm going to try to go back to, you know, get back into it. Word. Yeah. Word. So at what age do you think it was that you started saying, okay, this is the this is the thing that I, I can do and I believe in and I know that I need to invest like professional time into, like maybe where you got your cousin to start mm-hmm. help, helping you, uh, watching your diet, you know, shit like that where mm-hmm. you're like really cutting things out of your life, you know? Um, I was 16 years old when I always loved boxing. You know, I knew boxing chose me, but I was also at 15 years old. Um, I, I had joined the lacrosse team, and that that shit was fun as fuck, bro. Like I played I, for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like um, they made me a team captain, everything of JV, and I, I only played that year, bro. You know, being 15, I was young as shit. I never picked up a stick before, bro. Right. And I was just aggressive as shit. So I w- I got into more of like hanging out with my teammates, and you mm-hmm. know you know, into that shit. And then that summer, I went to the Philippines. And when I came back from the Philippines, seeing how life was and Mm. seeing where I really come from and seeing all the kids on the street sleeping on cardboard boxes and shit, I realized, you know, life, you know, this shit is rough, man. And it's like, if I don't figure out, like, what I want to do or if I don't lock into the thing that I love and really focus then I'm never going to go excel. And I feel, and after that, you know, I, I, I try to stop hanging out with so many people, you know. And when I came back from the Philippines that year, at 16 years old, I, I stopped hanging out with, like, all my friends. You know, after school, they asked me, like, yo, what you trying to do? Like, you trying to go smoke? You trying to go hang out? I'm like, nah, I'm, I got to go to the gym. So that was every day. And I really knew it was for me just because of the fact that I was never going to give up. Yeah. And... And also, like, with my mindset, I want to always prove myself right, but I also want to prove the people around me right as well. Because the people around me, I was boxing at Sugar Ray, 16 years old. Um, All the coaches there, they all said I had a lot of potential. They all looked at me, and they all treated me like their son. And that made me work extra hard because I knew people out there was believing me. You know, because when I first started boxing, it was like people were trying to you know, drone on me or, like, not trying to take me serious and shit. But that always was in my head. You know, I always had to prove the people around me right and also prove the people who are down to be wrong. And because I'm such a stubborn motherfucker, like, I'm never going to allow them to, like, have that 
oh yeah, he ain't shit. Yeah, man. He ain't shit. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, I always kept the. I wouldn't even say chip on my shoulder. It put a boulder on my shoulder. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it's crazy, man. You really, you really haven't changed. <laughs> you really have not changed. You know? <laughs> but that's for the best, though. You know, mm-hmm. it really is. Like, um, you know, change is a weird word. You know, like a lot of people. Oh, you changed. You changed. Somebody yeah. will get money or something will happen, and you know, mm-hmm. we're not always supposed to stay the same. But we yeah. got to keep our core, our core. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to see that you're holding on to all that and that your values are in the right place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Who was it for you, like, when you think back on boxing, like, for me, bro, because it's actually funny, like, um, boxing was a huge part of my childhood, yeah. huge part of my childhood. My uh, my grandfather and I used to sit up late night yeah. and watch fights, and um, I wasn't supposed to, you know, he'd sneak and let me do it, but, yeah. but um, who was it for you that was, like, the guys you really enjoyed watching? I mean, you know, you already know the answer to this, man, like, I'm from the Philippines, Pacquiao. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao. I knew um, I, I had to yeah. ask it, but I knew it was gonna be. He's an inspirational dude, For man. For sure. One of my most earliest memories of just my life, not even like in any topic in general mm-hmm. of my life. Um, I remember it would I remember being a baby crawling down the stairs and seeing all the Filipino titos and titas. Titos and titas are like uncles, uncles and, and aunts. aunts. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And my dad picked me up. He grabbed he he turned me to the TV. He said, that's Pacquiao, he's, he's the one. And, you know, just being, I was probably like two, three maybe, and just seeing that, like, you know, that shit really, you know, painted that picture in my head. And growing up, i go to every Pacquiao fight. We used to throw parties, fight parties. And, yeah, and, you know, Pacquiao was always, you know, been that man. You know, he, he brought the community together. He brought the family Absolutely. together. And, and, yeah, and that's why... When I every time I box, I always think about how I felt when I was a kid watching Pacquiao, how I felt as a kid looking at my titos and titas and my mom and my dad watching Pacquiao, scared for their life, like praying and seeing the love that he brought and the yeah. hope that he brought for my country. I know it's like it's deeper than just a sport. Absolutely, deeper absolutely. Than just a sport. That Filipino pride is strong, man. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it's true too. I mean, like uh, you know, when you think about it, like the Philippines in general are very underrepresented, mm-hmm. um, just around the world, you know. And and he he got on such a level, you yeah. know. And even with the Floyd stuff, um, him being at that exposure level for mm-hmm. people who weren't familiar. It was a uh, it was a beautiful thing to see, and you know all the things that he's given back to the Philippines, and the way yeah. that he's still so connected there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy, though, you know. Uh, nah, but, he's 100% but, a hero. Yeah, it's it, yeah. he really is. He's a real life hero, yeah. and it's crazy to think like, were there other people like? Would you say you box like him? Stylistically, I I feel like, I feel like I definitely do. Just based on um, I don't know what it is about it, but. I feel like it is because of my genetics. Um, my footwork is different. When I go to the gym, not a lot of people can move like me. And when I watch Pacquiao, I watch his feet. Mm. I try to do everything. Like, you know, a lot of people, when they watch people like train, they look at, they just look at, Their oh, arms. he looks so yeah. good, everything. But me, when I look watch Pacquiao specifically, I look at his feet and I'm like, damn, I could do the same exact shit. And I know what nobody else can. And so in certain aspects, I have to follow his way and like how he gets in the inside, cause you know, you know, we we naturally short. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And it's like a lot of times when I box people, they're gonna be taller than me. So one underrated thing that people don't really look at is footwork. Mm. 
Footwork is the way I get to the inside and how I get outside. Pacquiao is the greatest boxer who has ever done that. Ain't nobody go in and out just like him. He, I, yeah. I mean, his footwork is 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 incredible. It's world his, class. And 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 like you said, I mean, um, your footwork is is really the start of protecting yourself yeah. and hurting your opponent too. Mm-hmm. You know, because the whole thing is it, that retraction to get back out where you know you're safe, you know their reach, mm-hmm. but that also that ability to get within a lethal range for yeah. you is everything. You know, yeah. and there's a lot of guys doing it that um, I think would be a lot better if their footwork was more. Sharp, you know. A prime example, Deontay Wilder. Deontay mm. Wilder, he'd probably be the greatest if he got he a had, headache if, right now. If he had headache, yeah, yeah, yeah. Footwork is everything in boxing. Yeah. If you don't got footwork, I feel like you ain't gonna go nowhere. So, so studying footwork, um, trying to think who else really ha- has it right now, footwork wise. Teofimo Lopez. Okay. I watch a, I study a lot of Teofimo Lopez, um. Mainly because I just love the, I love his style. Um, he is very unique. He when boxes I think about smart. It, yeah. He, the way he moves around the ring, it's it's like so it's art. It's art to me. And when I watch him hit the heavy bag, I see the things that he does with his feet, and I see the way he moves and how he's so like he's so smooth with it, and mm. it's all natural to him. Yeah, I, I always try to emulate him and yeah. do the shit that he does. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, like. I would imagine that, and you don't have to say no names because yeah. I don't want you to, you know, go down that road. But like, I would imagine you've already kind of got like a hit list in a sense, you know, like oh, what, what weight class are you gonna be 100%, 100%. in? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Amateurs right now, I'm, I fight at one fourteen, but at one fifteen is the pro ranks, and so when I do pro turn professional, I'm trying to fight at one fifteen. Do you walk or what do you walk around at? Um, right now, just cause I've, I've been, I, I haven't been able to work out and train, you know, right now I, I'm overweight, probably like 134, mm-hmm. but my natural weight is probably like 126, 127. Mm-hmm. I'm like so it's not, it's not hard for you to make weight. Yeah, I mean, it's, nah. it's pretty, yeah, it's you can gradually good. knock it off too. Yeah. You know? it, and, and cause I drink a lot of water too. Mm-hmm. I try to, especially when I have to cut weight, um, I be, I have to drink a gallon every day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I do have to cut weight. I just have to sweat it all off, and all that water weight goes down. Yeah, yeah. And what what do you think is like? You'd say that the, the weight cut is probably the more the the like more difficult part of your your camps, or oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, just because um when you have to lose weight, um or at least in my experiences, when you have to lose weight, you have to eat less and you have to work more. And just being so used to eating a lot, especially with the culture I'm from, um when I have to cut down my calories, I feel like more fatigue in a mm. sense when I go to workouts when I go to run, but I know it's like you know it's all part of the game. Yeah, and that Filipino food is something else too. I know you. I man, know you. <laughs> we eat right, man. Right, it's the oh, rice, man. It's the but rice. So tasty though. Yeah, you know what I'm rice. saying? Like it's the rice. Yeah. No, but so and so for those maybe who are watching that might not be into boxing and whatnot. So typically the idea is like when you cut weight, what you're essentially doing. And correct me if I'm wrong here, yeah. but you're essentially like wringing all of the water weight mm-hmm. and dehydrating your body out. And the yeah. idea behind that is that if you walk around at, you know, 126 pounds, when you fight at 115, you're going to be a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Um, your punches are going to have a little bit more snap on them. 
uh and and it can also it can hurt it, some of some fighters weight cuts affects them negatively some it's really positive there's also a lot of fighters that will go up weight classes so with that they lose a lot of speed they lose a lot of that mobility the ability to get in and out um so it's a little bit it's a little bit tricky you know finding that like sweet spot yeah. right and i feel like a lot of fighters like you know i'm not about to say no names but i feel like a lot of fighters nowadays are bitches you know because Cause they be like big as shit, tall, mm. and they be trying to cut as much weight as possible, right. just so they can be, you know, bang out with the lower weights. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that never works. That never works, cause it, it gets exposed. I feel like it. Not even that is they're so weak. Mm. They have to cut so much weight to get to a certain class. It's that once the fight comes, it's that one body shot that's gonna drain them. Yeah, drain them. And, you know, that's a really underrated. I feel like, you know, if you try to take the easy route in boxing by lowering your weight, trying to fight lighter guys, that's only going to fuck you up in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And how do you condition yourself for that? Like, when you uh, – so, obviously, like, you're running, mm. you're, you're, you're sparring, mm. you're, you're hitting the bag, you're doing rope drills, all kinds of different yeah. things. But um, how do you, like, condition your body to really withstand damage? You know, is that something that you actively can do? Or is yeah. it something you just got to get an ass whooping and receive it? Um, sparring helps a lot. Mm-hmm. I f- and you got to get the right sparring. You, you know, I feel like, especially nowadays, a lot of motherfuckers be soft, bro. Like, when they go to the gym, it's like, hey, man, we just, we just working. We touching up. We touching up. But I feel like the only way to really know you about it is if you go through it. And what I what I mean is you gotta you know you gotta go hard, you gotta fight somebody who's trying to take your head off, you know, and you gotta fight people that you know are levels above you, right? Than you. There you go. And uh, and I you know because you know being fighting out of Northeast DC, I feel like there's a lot of people, a lot of good work, a lot of professionals, and um, I I fight at the lowest weight in that gym, so when I do spar people, it's bunk, and I know like it's only gonna get me better prepared. Um, and that, that's the only way to it. And, you know, with, with, with taking damage, I feel like that's, that's all on you, man. It's, it's a whole, mental thing. It's right? a mental thing. And also, um, the, my coach always tells me this, we put the work in the gym, we kill ourselves in the gym. So when we get to the fight, we're protected. Mm-hmm. You can get hurt in boxing. I've seen people get hurt in boxing. I've seen how people talk after fights and i've seen brain damage so i know this shit ain't no regular sport man this is a (laughs) this is it's just a war for real it is yeah and it's nothing can ever prepare you for that until you're in that moment man yeah you you speak about it like for real like i'm telling you like if you if you're watching this and you you've never really like gotten into the sport or anything like put on some boxing gloves and try to just stand there, try to move around your apartment or your whatever for three minutes with your arms up. Mm-hmm. Don't even swing. Just yeah. keep your arms up. Like that's the type of shit. Like yeah. people don't think that type of fatigue. Yeah. Them things start to drop. You start yeah. to get tired when you're when you're starting mm-hmm. out, bro. It, it will make you. It'll yeah. make or break you. People yeah. quit all the time. And um, one thing I always try to keep on my head. Um, Manny Pacquiao said it the best. He said, in training, you have to push your limits. And what he means by that is when you're in a fight, you're going to see people start to slow down. Mm. But the more you push yourself past your you know, regular limit in training, the more you could do in the fight. And the mindset is, I've gone through hell in training. 
this fight ain't gonna be shit. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in shape. I can hit. You know, I'm on, my, I'm on my A game, and that's all it is. I feel like being the whole being prepared is all on you. It's not something you can gain. It's not something you could, you know, accomplish. You know, it's it's all on, it's all on. First of all, you gotta be born with it, and also you gotta put yourself in a position to be prepared for those moments. You know, if right. if you're not getting the right sparring, you don't know how it is to fight when you're hurt, or when you're in training, you're not putting in the road work you need. You know, you you, know, you don't know how it is to keep your legs moving when your legs are fatigued. Mm. All of that shit. So, being prepared, man. It's so, everything. Yeah, it's everything, man. And yeah, you really that's where your confidence comes from also. Um your confidence in the ring comes from what you did before you get in the ring. Okay. So, that's so so when you're when you're when you're in a fight, um that mental preparation, take me through your mindset, you know, when you're walking to the ring yeah. or when you first step in, mouthpieces in, Guys looking over at you, is it more about what's going on in your head for you, or is it what is going on in that guy's head? Are you trying to beat him, or are you trying to really beat the the doubt within you? You know. Oh no, um, I I don't have any doubt. Um, I feel like I'm confident, <laughs> and um, I don't. I try not to be cocky, you know, with other people, but I'm cocky with myself, and I'm cocky with my mindset. And so every time I step in the ring, no matter what the guy look like, no matter what the guy's resume is, no matter how he fights, I already know in my head, you know, ain't nothing going to stop me. Right. Because if if I have doubt walking into the ring and I have to um, think about, or I got to overcome my doubt, I already lost the fight. Exactly. I already lost the fight. So every time I look at look across the ring, you know, I wish I'd look at them. I wish I'd see if their legs are shaking, if they're looking around, looking at their corner and shit. Because I... I try to never take my eyes off my opponent. I try to look at everything. And and I feel like just, I don't know what it is, but I can look at somebody in the eye and I can know if they're about it or not or if they're tough or not. Right. And, yeah, that's all it is, man. It's like you you, you can tell a lot about a person by just the way they look at you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the eyes really are, they open up so much for Mm. people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we've seen it. We've seen like even even there's pros that you watch. You can watch when they when when it's like done when it's a wrap. You know their eyes give them away. They're looking up across the ring and like no, nah, I don't want no more of this shit. Mm-hmm. You know. And and we saw Floyd do that to a lot of people. Yeah. Like I've seen I've watched that dude for years take mm-hmm. people into deep water. And what it was was cardio. Like yeah. he would literally he'd be like oh I I know my cardio is fucking a one so I'm gonna just get you as tired as you can possibly imagine. And I'm going to take you out in these deep waters and just watch you drown. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Preparation, right? For sure. Um, Floyd will always be, you know, yeah, I'm a Pacquiao fan. A lot of people think, or this is assumed that, you know, Filipinos just hate Floyd Mayweather. But that's not the case, you know. Like, I mean, at least for me, at least, you know, every time I look at Floyd, I just think of, like, you know, the hard work he put in. His whole thing was he was going to outwork his opponent. So he was just working 24-7. You know, he's basically the Kobe Bryant of boxing. Mm-hmm. And I I always keep that in my head. And seeing Floyd inspiring everybody, or not everybody, but boxers in general, Yeah. Um, I know I got to work 10 times harder because there is somebody out there working like Floyd. Mm-hmm. So, 
Who who is your goat? This is always an interesting Pacquiao. question. Pacquiao. Pacquiao. He's the goat. Absolutely. Um, hundred percent. I mean, like eight division world titles. He started from one fifteen, all all the way up to um middleweight, beating Antonio Margarito. I mean, that's super well. That's some. I mean. He put so, on some weight. Woo. Yeah, and yeah, and no. First of all, I feel like nobody, no nobody right now in boxing could do that. Nobody, and. Just his his mindset. He was ready to fight anybody, anybody. He was about to fight Earl Spence at forty two years old. Forty two years old. Shout out Earl Spence, by the way, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Shout out. I'm Earl so Spence, glad yeah. he came through with everything that happened. You know, it was he almost lost his life. You know, and he he almost lost his eye. Yeah, training camp. Yeah, he's going through a lot. You know, he's going through a, a real lot. fighter. Yeah, he's a real fighter. So who do you like coming from this area? You know, like this is a pretty rich history area, you know, like who do you like from the DMV kind of will include Baltimore, maybe even some New York guys. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, Javante Davis, Mm, I feel like that's, that's, that's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite right now. Um, not out of everybody, but that's my favorite right now in terms of like, you know, being at the top in the, in the future. I feel like he is the future of boxing. The face of boxing right now, mostly. Yeah. And Javante and Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, Sugar Ray Leonard coming out of PG County, um, coming out from the same gym I used to train at. It, you know, I actually met him too, and you know, just seeing how fast his hands were, his footwork, his his overall swag. Even today. To Even today, um, it's just legendary. I I feel like boxing, fighting is important also, mm-hmm. but how you how about how you market yourself and how you um how you portray yourself sugar ray did the best job you know? he, he really has yeah. had a very yeah. spotless reputation mm-hmm. and people love him wherever he goes and um yeah he he has been a class act honestly yeah. it's very reminiscent to me of like a lebron james honestly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. what was it like meeting him and getting the chance to chop Man, it up I, when he first walked in the gym i didn't even come up to him i was i was hitting i was training I was like, I'm gonna come to him after I'm done. So um, after he was done, I came up to him. I took a picture of him, and then I was, I was like, I was, I told him straight up. I'm like, you know, this isn't the last you're gonna hear me. Just wait till I get older. And he was like, I believe you. And my coach, his, my, my coach at the time, his name was Zeke. He still, I feel like, you know, he, I, I like to keep him around. He's at the Northeast too. Yeah. Um, I look him at as my uncle also, my mentor. Um, he he was cool with Sugar Ray's brother, and Sugar Ray's brother he was a promoter in 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 LA, mm-hmm. and he was watching me and my coach. They were just talking about me, watching me train, and he was and he was just joking around with me, talking about, "Hey, I'll give you some money. Come on, let's go. On, let's get on a plane. I'll sign you." <laughs> and you know, that shit that shit just like you know really motivating me, but also made me feel good about where I was at at that right, time. Right. You know. Knowing that Sugar Ray and his brother was fucking with me, um, you know that that just makes me just want to keep going and yeah. see how far I can really go with this shit. Yeah, isn't it crazy yeah. how like you know you you kind of get to a certain point where it's like, um, you know the the idols become rivals type of type of situation, right? In, yeah. in life, where it's like you you really can if you put in the work, you mm-hmm. know, you can make shit happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get to a place and to be in that gym to see a guy who is legendary, yeah. who is a literal. I mean, this guy is synonymous with the word boxing, and then 
here you are. You know, you're standing mm-hmm. right there talking to him. It's like it's very obtainable, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, does that does that do something for you where it's like, man, you do you ever have those moments yet where you're like you you can't you kind of can't believe the track you're already on, or are you still just so focused that it doesn't even set in? It doesn't settle in at all. Um, no matter how much I do in my head, I feel like I I always question myself, and it's like. My question to me at the end of every day is, did you do enough? And a lot of times my answer is no. Cause no matter, to an average person, they look at me, they look at what I do, they say, oh, you crazy as shit for doing that. You know, you you animal, you a monster. But to me, it's like not enough. Cause I know the level I have to be at in terms of physical fitness and performance. And I feel like, I never want to get complacent. Absolutely. If I look back, if I look back one day and I say, "Yeah, I'm happy, man. I'm on a good track," I feel like I lost it, <laughs> cause that'll, you know, at the end of the day, anything is possible. And if you rely too much on where you're going and your your potential, you're gonna lose sight of the present, which is where it really comes from. It's what mm. you do today, and and yeah, that, I always try to. I don't try to be hard on myself. I just feel like I am hard on myself, you know, just right. naturally, you know. So, yeah. Keeping that presence of mind is so key. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, walk me through, and for the people who are listening, like, like walk us through an average day when you're in the thick of it in a fight okay. camp, you mm-hmm. know. So, start off with your morning up until you go to sleep at night. Um. So, I wake up. I have training at 11 a.m., so I'm in the gym from 11 to 2, and sometimes when I have strength and conditioning, right after training, you know, I'm going to be there longer. But um, because I'm not making money off boxing right now, you know, I have a job, mm-hmm. and I have to go to work literally right after training. And since I work at a restaurant, I get off late. And so after I get off work late, I have to go home and I have to run. And I know even though I'm tired of shit, you know, I'm going to have to put those miles in. I'm going to have to do my push-ups and my sit-ups before I go to sleep and all of that. And I try to keep myself busy as shit all day, no matter how much I'm working. And not a lot of people is going to understand the struggle of trying to chase your dream, but working a full-time job mm. to, su- to supply yourself while you're working for that dream. And, and yeah, man, training camp, you know. I don't got time for shit, man. I don't got time for shit. It's like if I'm not boxing, I I'm at work. Yeah. I'm at work. I'm I have to be boxing, you yeah. know. And that that's just what it is, you know. Training in the morning, boxing, you know, hitting the bags, ba- bags, um, working the mitts with my coach, sparring, doing drills, all of that shit. I try to, you know, work to my fullest. Mm-hmm. You know, after every training session, I'm dead. But, you know, I got to go to work right after that. And after work, even though I'm tired of shit, I got to go run. Mm-hmm. And then when I wake up, I have to do that same shit again. So what are you eating typically during this? So oatmeal before training. I have to have, all right, my oatmeal recipe, I'll be going ham on my oatmeal, man. I've, so I have cinnamon and, no, no, not cinnamon, brown sugar and maple syrup, mm. oatmeal, mm, good as shit. So I put that in. I put a scoop of honey and I put a scoop of peanut butter with um I never drink milk before I train cuz right. I know 
I could throw up. Bad for the mucus yeah, membranes. Yeah, yep. so I put water and I mix it up and that's what I eat before training and I, I feel full of shit. And because I have to lose weight, right after training, um, I go home because I, because I have to go to work. I make myself um, one piece of probably chicken breast or salmon or or some fish, some type of fish. And I try to eat that by itself. And then I go through work and I bring it inshore to work. So when I do get hungry, I drink that. And once I get out of work, I have to run. And I usually, when I go to sleep, I'm hungry. But because I'm sleeping, it's like, you know, fuck you need to eat You're like, more. shit, I need to go to bed right now because yeah. I'm fucking starving. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So when I wake up, it's like that oatmeal really be bitten. But yeah, um, when you try to lose weight, man, the only thing in my head is like, that. God damn, I really wish I really wish I could eat the shit I wanted to eat. Cause I have a big ass appetite. But when I gotta lose weight, man, it's like I'll I be reminiscing. Yeah. yeah I'll be reminiscing. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I'll be looking back and thinking about certain pizzas and shit I've had and stuff. Yeah, no. Nah, I'll be finding myself I'll be catching myself, man. Sometimes when I'm on YouTube, I'll just be watching like the ASMRs of people eating. <laughs> and that's why I know I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> like I'm just hungry. Yeah, I feel as you. Shit. I yeah. feel you on that. No. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a struggle though, man. Yeah. But that's the type of commitment, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's that investment in yourself, you know. Like it, a lot of people just don't have have never experienced that level of discipline, you know. Mm-hmm. And what do you think that does for you too? Like just in your like even like your mental health. Like mm-hmm. do you feel like that really sets you apart in the things you want to do in life because you have that sort of discipline? I already know with anything because of boxing and because of the lessons it taught me. I know that anything I put my mind to, I can accomplish. It doesn't matter what you tell me. I'm stubborn. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to work hard as shit at it. And without having my fighting background or that just my background with sports in general, I feel like I would have never developed that. Mm. Um, a lot of people now, it's like when you ask them what they want to do and shit, they, they ain't got no answers, you feel me? And it's like every time, you know, you talk about, goals and becoming better for your family and you know actually you know doing more with your life a lot of people think that it's it's not obtainable or and it's like you got to go to college you got to go to school you got to just do it just because if your shit doesn't work out then you know at least you know you're guaranteed to have a future like a fall plan yeah like a fall plan and all that shit but to me it's like man i don't want to hear none of that shit I don't want to hear none of that shit, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a stubborn, I'm a stubborn motherfucker. So, I have to work. I have to do the shit I gotta do just so I could prove myself right and prove everybody else wrong. Yeah. 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 So, so what? Let's say you walk in the gym and you look around and you know what's kind of on the menu for the day, right? Mm-hmm. Of all the things you're gonna do, all the, on the itinerary. What is the one thing that you're like, man? Fuck, I don't want to do that. <laughs> is it? Is it the jump ropes? Nah, man. I feel like I never try to think of that. Um, every time I walk into the gym, I try to have a switch. When I wake up, I'm like, oh shit, man. Fuck all this shit, man. I don't want to <laughs> do this shit, man. I be eating my oatmeal. I'm like, man, fuck this. Don't even taste good, bro. I be sizing this shit up, driving all the way there. It's like, god damn, man. I'm tired of this shit. I'm trying to take a nap. But when I, the soon as I walk into the right. gym. It's like my mindset changes. You just turn into a different person. I turn into a different person, and I realize, like, this is the shit that my kids are going to thank me for. Mm. And that's what I was in my head. It's like when I go to strength conditioning, because I usually do strength conditioning, like, during training camp, 
right after boxing training when I'm already tired of shit. And my strength conditioning coach, he, he come from prison. So the shit that we do is just abnormally, just abnormally, like, unique. Because we do yeah, Well, sus- that's a creative way of putting it. I was going to use a different word. I was going to say it seems a little bit mean because I've seen how some of them work out. Man, we do it's rough. We do sets of hundreds. Every yeah. every workout we do, we do a set of hundred. Body weight squats. Yeah, and everything, man. It's like one thing my strength and conditioning coach loves to do. He likes putting workouts together. Mm. So you gotta do twenty five of this, and right after you gotta do that, and right after that you gotta do this. So it's like with one set, you're doing like four things, and then that was just a warm up, and now we gotta go to the real workout, and it's like, damn, I just came from training, like you know, I just sparred, now I gotta do all this shit, and yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, this shit you're gonna have to do, you know. Is it one of those things thing. where, you know, I know like, uh, I know in football, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had to take, I had to get hit once, right? Once I got hit once. Something happened in my brain, and I was like, "All right, we're, we're settled in. We're ready to go." Yeah. But it was—it's almost like you get these butterflies in your stomach. Do you do you get that type of nervous kind of not like it's almost like excitement that you get, where then when you get hit, you take the first punch, and you're like, "All right, we're settled in. We're ready." <laughs> or do you just walk into the gym and it's like you're cool as a cucumber? There's not really that like nervous anxiety of like, "Yo." Um, uh, I, one thing I do deal with, um. My mental health, um, I feel like I'm, I have a lot of anxiety, but not in the anxiety where, you know, you panic and you're, you don't want to do things. Mm-hmm. My anxiety is more so anger. And a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, I don't want to, you know, shed light on it, but I do wake up mad. And when I do wake up mad, I go straight, you know, when I do go to the gym, like, like the coaches in there, like, um, there's a coach in Northeast, his name is Hollywood. He's not my coach, but he comes up to me every time I walk in the gym. He's like, man, why every time you walk in the gym, you look like you're trying to kill somebody? And and I don't even know what to tell him. I'm like, damn, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't even I didn't even notice. But it's my face. Like, you see, like, my eyes and you see my eyebrows, like, you know, flared up. And it's like, damn, what the fuck happened to you? Yeah. But me, I just woke up, man. Like, that's yeah. just how I am. I don't man. know, man. I yeah. just walking in. And then it's like when I do step in the ring, it's like, it's like, bet, bet. All this shit, all this shit in my head, I'm releasing it. It's calm. And like I said, the reason why I fell in love with boxing in the first place or sports in general was because it took me to a place where my mind was calm. And because my mind was calm, I can really think and I can really perform. And I can really do the shit that I need. slowed to. everything down for yeah. you a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's always been an escape for me. And yeah, for sure. So where do you see... Let's let's try to be as it's hard. It's hard to look into the future sometimes, you know. But like <laughs> let's try to let's try to be as narrative as possible here yeah. and think like where do you see this, you know, ten years from now. Let's see. So right now you're twenty you're you're, you're nineteen. I'm nineteen, yeah. Right. So yeah. twenty nine. Where do you see yourself being? Definitely world champion. Definitely. Definitely world champion. Um when a lot of people ask me what my goal is with boxing, um, I feel like I have an unorthodox answer to that. I don't ever answer in boxing terms, but I tell them that what I want to do in boxing is help my country. When you go to the Philippines, especially the cities, inner cities, you see kids on the street. You see, you know, no parents, dads probably in jail, mothers out doing drugs, or literally out on the street. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to 
be at a level in boxing where I can actually be able to give those kids in the street an opportunity to change their lives. And my whole dream is to be able to own my own boxing gym in the Philippines where it's free that also offers free living to, to street kids. And every time I, I wake up tired or I'm sore or I am, you know, getting beat up and shit, in my mind, I always think about the kids who have nothing. And that makes me go 110% harder. Because <laughs> I know, like, if I do be become that level where I know I will be, I know I have the opportunity, the opportunity to put food in kids' stomachs, to give children, like, a place to stay for a night or, or every night, and give them an outlet to actually bring themselves out of a third-world country like Pacquiao. So... When you ask me, what do I see myself in boxing in 10 years? God willing, that's my answer. I love that, yeah. bro. I do. I love that, you know, because we get so we get so uh, kind of singular focused mm -hmm. on ourself, you know, in life that, you know, thinking about think and you and you grew up here, you know, yeah. you grew up in, in, mm -hmm. in Montgomery County and um, and you're definitely a DMV guy. But for you to be on that scope, to be able to think about like where you're from mm -hmm. and what made you who you are, you know. That's a that's an incredible thing, you know, and yeah. for you to follow, hopefully in those footsteps as a Pacquiao and maybe even get bigger than that. You know what I mean? Would mm -hmm. be would be incredible to see that. happen. Yeah. Um, I never want to compare myself to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I always just want to um, I just want myself to just do the best I can just to you know, see where I go. You know, I'm not looking at any destination right now. I'm just looking at today. I'm looking at, I'm looking at tomorrow. I'm looking at the day after that. I'm seeing what I could do to put myself in a better position than I once was yesterday. And I feel like that starts today, starts tomorrow. So Absolutely, yeah. man. I love that. I love that. So in your earphones, yeah. if you walk in the gym tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. How many days a week do you train, by the way? Six. Six? Sunday is, uh, Sunday is my off day. Off day? Yeah, yeah. family day. So, day. so you walk in the gym tomorrow. What album you fucking with right now? MB No, No Hard Feelings, or Born to Win by MB No. Yeah, MB No, you know, he's my favorite rapper. I'm going to have to get on that. I didn't yeah, know. Nah, yeah, no, nah, that's my favorite. Um, He's Filipino. And growing up, my whole thing about, you know, being where I'm from is I felt like there was no representation in anything. Right. It's like when you turn on the TV on, it's like you see you see a person that, that is Asian but I feel like we don't share the same culture. We don't really share the same, you know, things that we do. And just finding an artist, like, from the same country I am and rapping about the shit that I would usually be listening to, it's, like, a different type of, like, a different type of... Relatability. Yeah, relatability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. like it's like people from from here that like to listen to Fat Trail and yeah. Shy Glizzy, or it's, you go up north mm -hmm. and you listen to guys from New York. They, lo they love to show New York love, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's all about um, and to me like discovering like you know, and especially him blowing up, doing doing what he needs to do to like get to that platform for me to even come to listen to him. Um, I just like I like the direction we're going to, you know, in the future, because um, a lot of people when they think of you know Asians in general, they don't really look at the Filipinos or like. Mm -hmm. The, the the more you know color you know people of color from Asia mm -hmm. and you know having a rapper you know blow up that's from the same Absolutely. country as me 
it's like it's like pride, man. It's like how all the Filipinos felt when Pacquiao came up. Yeah, came up. you know that's just how I feel. It is. So that's the only thing I'll be cranking for, real, man. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you on that. All right, man. So before we get out of here, right? Let's just put ourselves. Let's try to imagine this, right? If you got you got one fight that you could could take, right? And you know you know your abilities, you know your <laughs> skill set, right? You got one guy that you you're like, I want I want to get that. Yeah. Who do you think it would be? Kazuto, um, Kazuto Ioka. He's uh he's he's from Japan. He's the uh WBO uh champion in 115 the weight class and professional. I just know I'm I'm too fucking fast for that boy. Um I mean he 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 beat a Filipino uh champion his name was Donnie Nietes to get that belt, but just looking looking at him and look watching the way he trains, watching the way he fights, it's mm. like when I get to that pro rank and when I get older, I'm only 19 right now. But when I'm 24, mm. that boy, that boy ain't got shit on me. Yeah, because you know the progress is gonna come, and you know where you, yeah. you're already at, and then yeah. where you're gonna be and at. And it's also, you know, being 19 years old, um, I feel like I'm strong as it is, but I don't have my man strength yet, and that's something you grow into. And just me putting the work in the gym every day, just makes me like want to look forward to like when I'm older, like damn. I, I'm gonna I'm a be strong as a motherfucker, bro. Like, yeah. you know, and yeah. So, yeah. It's just, I'm just really looking forward to, you know, the years and shit to come. Absolutely, man. And we are too. We yeah, are too. And I'm gonna definitely be up in there. And all the sure. people from around the way, we're gonna, we gonna show up. Yeah, for sure. Nah, we're gonna show up and show out. When I when I when I'm a professional, man, I'm trying to have the whole like DMV coming to me. Cause at the end of the day, in, like, being from around this area, you don't really see people that look like me. And especially boxing and being on the platform of, you know, professional fighting. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can bring in a lot of crowds. Absolutely. Bring in a lot of traction to my fights. Absolutely, yeah. bro. But yeah, that's got, hella exciting. Yeah, and they, but also with that, it comes with, not I wouldn't say pressure on me, but it puts more responsibility on me to put the work in the gym. So when I do fight for my people... It's they're entertained, right? That's the difference between a, being a professional and or not even a professional. There's a lot of professionals that don't, but that's the difference between being world class and average. Mm. Average fighters don't care about the crowd, but if you're a world class fighter, you can entertain a crowd. You know how to, how to get people to love you. You know how to get people to keep coming to watching your fights. And I want to separate myself from the average person. Absolutely, and yeah. the element there too. Yeah. It's that's a, that is. It's a lot of pressure too to go mm-hmm. into something when you know this guy's trying to fuck me up, yeah, and you sure, know bro. that there's somebody you know sitting in a seat next to you, and they paid money and they want to see they want to see a show, you know. But you're trying not to get fucked up. You're trying not to before everything. You're you're trying to piece him up and try to figure him out and learn learn yeah. what's going on, you know. Um, but there's just a lot of psychology behind that, you know. And yeah. that's that's a tough. That's kind of a tough. Yeah, you didn't choose an easy sport. I'll tell you that. I I don't even think it's a sport. No, it, it really don't feel sp- like it, does it? I don't think it's a sport. Um, I'm not in there playing kickball. <laughs> no, I'm not in there playing kickball. I'm trying to take. I'm trying to knock somebody out. Yeah, you know. It, and even though it sounds fucked up, like I was fucking with this girl for a little bit, right? And I remember this one time she didn't really get it, but I I told her like, man, I just really want to beat somebody to fuck up right now, bro. Like you know, I haven't been in the gym for a little bit. Like I just want to beat somebody to fuck up. And she took offense to that. And she got scared, but I was like, "Nah, it's like this. It's the profession I'm in. It's like 
you can't be nice in the sport at mm-hmm. all, man. Because if you nice coming into that room, man, you gonna you gonna go to sleep, bro. You gonna go to sleep, bro. And I've seen that shit. And I put I I laid people down and I made people quit. And I know this ain't sweet, bro. This no, sweet. no, this nothing about sweet, it. Bro. Nothing about it. And it's and it's crazy too. And like you said, it's like you have to go to a different place, you know? And mm-hmm. I guess if people haven't really been around that, you can see how that would be like, Oh shit, what? But yeah, no, that's that's wild. Yeah. I'm excited for you though. Yeah. I am. Cause yeah. I can see like looking over, you know, like you were saying, you can look at people's eyes and see who's really about it, bro. Mm. I can tell you right fucking now. Your boy? Uh uh-uh. uh. That was never gonna be a career path I was gonna choose. But yeah. I can look at you and see in your eyes, bro, like there's there's a champ in there, bro. And, there's a champ in there. And, I'm excited. Yeah, man. And I appreciate you, man. You know, especially, you know, having me on this podcast. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, you know, I feel like we're gonna be able to grow together. You're gonna watch my progress and you know, I'm gonna watch Absolutely, yours bro. I'm gonna be I'm gonna everything. be right there, bro. Yeah, man. All the all the Titos and Titas, bro, they're gonna have to <laughs> save me a seat because I'm gonna be there. <laughs> no, sure, and it's gonna bro. be crazy too. Cause yeah. I, and the thing too is like, you know, having you on season one was really important to me because I had ran into, so I had I hadn't seen him in a minute, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I pulled up. I was with our guy Brooks, you know, shout mm-hmm. out Brooks, and I pulled up one day, and there was, he was like, "Yo, that's in the car." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so I looked over, and I mean, obviously, time goes by, you're gonna get older, yeah. but I had no clue. And so then later on, he filmed me. He's like, "Yeah, man, like he eat boxing and stuff." Now I'm like, "Damn!" And so then when I went back and looked, I'm like, "Yo." It's crazy. It's crazy to see, like, it's part of the whole story of everything, right? Mm-hmm. So season one is really about, like, the building blocks, you know, and seeing you at, at a younger age yeah. and seeing you now and foundationally how you got where you're getting. Mm-hmm. And um, it'll be cool, too, because at the end of the day, when you get where you're going to go and when you got the belt on your waist, bro, you're going to be able to look back and be like, yo, I was sitting in that room chopping yeah. it up. You know, we're going to have this. This is all going to exist, you know? So yeah, it's the first sure, of many, man. man. Yeah. It's the first of many. First of many, man. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, being at my first, like, podcast and shit and talking, you know, it's just like, you know, hearing the shit I say, like, because I always think the shit in my head, you know, I always, like, try to imagine myself in an interview. I'm going to say what I say, like, imagine myself. But actually, you know, listening to myself, actually talking and being on a podcast and, answering the questions and shit it's like damn bro you gotta keep working man yeah working. no yeah, like, yeah for sure for sure yeah. but yeah go ahead at this point man go ahead where can we find you on socials right yeah. shout out your gym shout out your yeah. trainer your auntie your uncle whoever you want to <laughs> shout out this is your opportunity right hey i want to shout out um my little cousin andre uh he, yeah that's my little brother for real um my mom, my dad, my two sisters, uh, shout out Northeast DC, Mont Oliver Road, Tony's Boxing Gym, shout out Coach J, shout out Coach Zeke, um, and yeah, um, I'm looking forward to coming back to the gym. Yo, y'all probably ain't even gonna see this, but just know I'm looking forward to it. Um, my Instagram is M-I-K-A-E-L-J-I-M-I-N-E-Z, that's Michael Jimenez, but you know, y'all can call me MJ. I know Michael might be a hard name to pronounce, so MJ, you know, that that's... That's that's what I go by. So yeah, man. That's that's where you can find me. In the flesh, man. Right yeah. here. Yeah. Appreciate so if you're that. seeing this, man, we appreciate it. Whoever you are out there watching, wherever you are watching, I always love when you all give us some feedback. So go ahead down in the comments. Leave us a comment. Let us know what's good. Like the video. Share the video. 
please subscribe. Turn on the bell notifications. I hate giving this spill, but if y'all support, we can continue to bring you all kinds of different content. For Check sure. back in with my For man sure. along the way at every step. For sure. And, uh, you know, but but definitely just show us some love. Go on the staticmoments.com. Coming soon, coming soon. But for now, we got Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube. Hit us up. Let us, you know, give us some love. Show us some love and share it around, man. All right, y'all. We appreciate it. We out.